What are some of the challenges for organizations managing social media? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm discussing social media today with David Adler. He's an attorney and a partner with Levens, Strand, Glover, and Adler, LLC. David, thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me. David, in general, where do you find that organizations are missing the boat in terms of managing social media? Well, I think for a lot of industries, especially financial services and all of the different companies in financial services, uh, the first question was whether to even engage in social media. And I think a lot of companies were very hesitant to engage in social media in the first place. And now what we see is, although a lot of companies are engaging, they're still very uncertain as to how best to engage in social media. And I think they're really missing an opportunity to build their brand and add value to the customer experience across a number of different levels. And I think that's where they stand the most to gain. David, what do you find to be some of the most overlooked elements of key social media policy as you look at organizations? As I'm looking through social media policies being developed by my clients, and uh, I'm often called in to review either an existing policy or work with the company's marketing team to develop a policy that will allow them to implement social media within the organization, one of the most overlooked areas in social media policies is really employee training. And this is very important because employees need to understand how they represent the brand or the company they work for when they're engaging in social media. But they also need to understand what the regulatory restrictions are on how they go about using that. So some companies may use a third-party software application, for example, and employees should understand how that works, especially because many people in today's workforce use mobile devices as well as desktop computers, as well as their own telephones. And and some of these newer products uh, integrate all these different access points. Another thing to consider in the social media policy is the need to have somebody who basically owns this space for the company. In other words, when the regulators come knocking at the door, there needs to be somebody there who can say, this is what we're doing, this is how we're doing it, This is where our records are kept. This is how we maintain those records. So you need to have somebody whose job it is to manage the entire process. In addition, you need to have procedures in place in case that person gets hit by a bus. Because if that person's not available, the regulators still want to know what's being done, how it's being monitored, how records are being kept, where those records are being kept. So all of these things are aspects of a social media policy that, if thought of at all, tend to be an afterthought. Now let's talk about some of the specific risks. What might happen to organizations if they fail to implement an appropriate social media policy? What are you seeing legally? Well, there are a number of different risks for businesses that don't have some form of social media policy. On the business end, there are brand risks, there's customer service risks, the risk that you're going to lose opportunities, business opportunities, sales opportunities. 
On the other hand, of course, there are the legal risks. There are risks related to intellectual property, such as maintaining and disclosing confidential information. There are other risks around regulatory infractions. For example, if a financial advisor were to make certain statements using a social media platform, that person runs the risk that they may be making that uh, statement to an improper audience. They may not be making proper disclosures. They may not be providing a, a full enough picture of all of the information that is required. And many of these requirements stem from regulatory guidance. So, so the risk here is not just the potential for a, a civil penalty, in other words, a potential investor who feels that they've been misled and therefore you know, invested based on um, misinformation, but there's also the, the regulatory oversight and the risk that companies will not be meeting their regulatory requirements in terms of monitoring employee use of social media, keeping accurate records of um, conversations that were conducted using social media, as well as fines for acting improperly. Um, you know, I, I'd say the worst case scenario is the, the rogue employee who tries to go out anonymously on these uh, social networking sites and you know, post disparaging comments or post improper information or tries to somehow make the competition look bad. I mean, many, many people in the, in the industry are ethical people and they're going to do the right thing, but sometimes you, you, know, you, you have rogue employees and so there needs to be policies and procedures in place to, to deal with those sorts of eventualities. Talk about some ways that organizations can approach specific areas in social media. And the first I'd like to ask you about is monitoring. Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up because I think many companies misunderstand the role of monitoring social media. Again, because so much of it is being pushed by the marketing department, I think the sense is that um, it needs to be a uh, an outlet, a way of, of sharing and distributing information. But the, the real opportunity here, and, and comes with its own risk, is that there's an opportunity to listen and, and monitor and follow what your customers and your competitors are saying about your company, about your people, and about the way that you act in the marketplace. So monitoring is absolutely essential. And monitoring means that you just you listen, you actively listen, you you get onto the, the, the different channels, the different social media platforms, and you look for your brands, you look for your executives, you look for your products, and you make sure that you're following that conversation. An area that often gets confused for monitoring is another I want to discuss with you, and that's approval of content. What can you tell us about that, please? I think content approval is one of those things that's always at the top of everybody's minds when they're thinking about how best to use social media. And for some industries, you can create a checklist or a playbook, if you will, of the types of content that can be shared without having to get some sort of prior approval. Uh, but content implicates a lot of different rights and a lot of different risks. There are copyright risks with respect to sharing co uh, content created by others. There's trademark risks, not only to your own brand, but to possibly mentioning brands of your competitors. There are 
right of publicity risks that um, implicate endorsements or testimonials. Um, so th there's a lot of risk around content, and, and content should absolutely be a key focus, both in how content is created as well as how and where that content is shared. Another topic you discussed earlier I'd like to hear more about is training. What are some best practices there? Sure. Training, I think, is, is the key element to any successful social media policy because unless your employees know what's in the policy and know how to follow it, having the policy is meaningless. So what companies need to do is, at the outset, they need to be thinking about not only how do we put these policies in place, but how do we educate our own employees about expectations for use on social media and um, how best to be a, a brand ambassador. And there's a, there's a lot of opportunity there. And there's, there's a number of different ways that you can go about training. I mean, you can have webinars. You can have, um, you know, intranets in the company that can show employees proper use as well as, um, you know, examples of, of how not to use social media. And, and training is really, really key because uh, unless the employee understands the boundaries of what they're allowed and not allowed to do, whether the policy in place is really not going to matter when the regulators come knocking. Another area we haven't discussed is information security. I know certainly there are risks of credentials being taken over. There's a risk of malware being distributed through social media. What are some of the areas that you typically address with organizations? As with any technology, there's, there's always the information security risk. And, you know, information security begins at home. And I think this probably dovetails well with the idea of training. Employees need to understand where the information security risks are um, throughout their organization, from the use of a handheld device, use of laptops, use of uh, what are commonly referred to as thumb drives or, you know, the portable USB drives that may contain confidential information. So employees need to understand where those information security risks are. And then they also need to understand how best to... Um, how best to prevent against, you know, um, inadvertent leaks uh, of information. And so it, it goes to, you know, passwords, proper password policies, understanding how and where data should be stored and, and where it should be shared. Uh, there are electronic measures that can be put in place as well as physical measures that can be put in place. For example, you know, trade secret information must be kept under lock and key and, you know, in an area that's uh, for certain eyes only. And that, that's really more of a physical safeguard than an electronic safeguard. But uh, employees also need to be trained to look out for uh, fraud and misleading information. And, and all of these things are topic areas that fall under information security. Everybody within the organization needs to understand that there are a lot of risks when one holds oneself out on these social media platforms. And, you know, the old adage that goes back to the beginning of the Internet, um, you know, on the Internet nobody knows that you're a dog. You don't know that somebody on the other side of your conversation or the other side of your uh, post is who that person claims to be. So you always have to be very careful how you interact and what information that you share. 
Just a couple more questions for you, David. And the first is, what do you find to be some of the lessons learned that organizations can apply? And unfortunately, I think you see some of the, the tougher lessons that organizations learn, but there's information that can be drawn from those. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of uh, do's and, and do nots in the space. But what I'd like to do is just kind of focus on three key areas I think that every business can, can really uh, learn from. The first one is the idea of brand building and brand building at both the employee level as well as at the company level. Social media gives employees and companies an opportunity to be human, for lack of a better word. And because of the nature of the engagement, people can have an authentic, natural presence. And the way that they engage with their customers can give customers a better sense of the brand and a better sense of the people. And I think that oftentimes organizations lose sight of the fact that social media is conducted by individual people and that these people should be allowed to put a face on the brand and they should remember that they're human beings and they should try and connect on that level. The second area, which is sort of uh, another aspect of, of brand building, is the idea of community relations. I know a lot of organizations struggle with the type of content that, they, that can be shared over a social networking platform. And there are many ways to educate the community and educate the consumer without talking about specific products or services or specific investments in the marketplace or, or being um, real specific about information that might need disclaimers or might need qualifiers. Social media offers a, a company an opportunity to talk about all the great things that they're doing in the community and to connect with the community outside of the traditional office space. So one great example is uh, you know, an organization that might be involved in a local charity. Social media is a great channel to talk about that charity, to engage with the community around that charity. And in both those um, actions, the consumer and the community gets to see a side of the, the business that they may not otherwise see. And, um, you know, the last area I think that uh, businesses can really, uh, you know, can really, the last lesson they can really apply is the idea of reputation management. And again, this kind of goes back to monitoring and active listening, but social media gives a, a company the opportunity to monitor the tone and what is being said about their company, about their people, and about their products and services in real time. And they have the opportunity to engage customers before these issues or risks or complaints uh, get blown out of proportion. And, and the trick here really is, is understanding the proper way to respond. And not every comment needs a response, and not every comment you know, or action warrants a, you know, a ham-fisted response because more often than not, those types of responses have the exact opposite effect. And what they do is they, um, they empower the dissenters and they uh, tend to focus on the wrong aspects of the issue, whereas you know, seeing, seeing misinformation out there or incomplete information out there uh, gives a, a business an opportunity to sort of set the record straight and, and provide corrective information and, you know, amplify messages about how they're dealing with, with issues and how they're resolving problems for their, their consumers. So all of that goes into, you know, to 
reputation monitoring and reputation maintenance. And final question for you. If you could boil it down to a bit of advice, how would you advise organizations to start now in assessing and remediating their social media risks? Where is the starting point? The starting point is always to have a plan. You need to gather the key people who are involved. You need people from IT. You need people from marketing. You need people from HR. You need people from operations. You need people from sales. So you need to get the key decision makers together and say, what's our plan? What is our goal for social media for this company? Are we looking to increase sales? Are we looking to increase customer service satisfaction? Are we looking to, you know, polish the brand? Whatever the goal is, it needs to be it needs to be discussed early on at a very strategic level. And then policies and procedures need to be put in place so that everybody from the top down understands how that plan fits with their particular role at the company. Well, David, that's great insight. I appreciate your time and your thoughts today. Yeah, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. The topic has been managing social media. I've been speaking with David Adler. He's a partner with a law firm of Levens, Strand, Glover, and Adler, LLC. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.